Anybody excited this morning? Hallelujah. Wasn't last, wasn't last week awesome? I got news for you. There's more coming. There's more coming. We're not done. You know, it's, it's exciting to have a service like that. We pray for stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, there's no reason we can't do that every week. And, you know, it doesn't mean you can't have the word. It doesn't mean you can't do the rest of it. I don't want to, you know, a long time ago, I said, I don't want to just do church. If that's all there is, then I'm not interested. I got better things. I could go play golf, you know. But uh, I want to be in the presence of the Lord. We one time put our advertising out when we first came here. It said, come discover the presence of the Lord with us. That is our desire, that the presence of the Lord. We know he's here. It's, he, he said in his word that he is, where two or three are gathered. But there's something when he displays that, you know. So uh, I know I'm going to get... Uh, uh, those of uh, you who, who are older, uh, not maybe as old as I am, but uh, who have children who send you emojis. Uh, my favorite one is the one I get from my daughter that goes, oh, dad, you know. And, uh, you know, I seem to get that a lot from her. So, but anyway, I love her anyway. But, you know, so uh, we're, in, we're in fall. I saw everybody's going out to the pumpkin patches and getting, uh, you know, getting the pumpkins. And uh, do you know what you get when you, uh, when you drop a pumpkin onto a concrete floor? Squash. Okay. Uh, see, that's, oh, no, Dad. Uh, I just want to live up to my fame, you know. <laughs> You know, or you know, you know what you do when you, what you put on a brump, yeah, a, brump, a broken pumpkin, a pumpkin patch. <laughs> Just saying. You know, one day, I uh, Isaac and Vicky will remember this. Or those of you who've been to Ocean City, um, when Dick Sands was there, he put up a banner. Uh, on, I remember on the air conditioning duct that was the ceiling was kind of low in that room. And it said, uh, Lord, we ask for the nations. Anybody remember seeing that in Ocean City? You know? And uh, I remember I said, Lord, I, I, want, I want the nations. And I've had the privilege and honor of preaching, I added it up the other day, of in 18 different nations around the world. And I've been to like 30 different nations. And, uh, but you know what the Lord showed me? I, yesterday I went on to our website just to, I was telling Dave a minute ago, just to uh, kind of look at the analytics on it. And uh, in the past 10 months, we've had over 8,200 unique visitors to our website. Now think of that, you know, to our website. And the website is not awesome or anything. It's, you know, it's functional. Uh, and I'm not talking about our YouTube and, and Facebook videos. We get... But a lot of people that go to the website also look at our, our Facebook and YouTube videos. And I went, I scrolled through some of the nations, some of the geography, and, and uh, it was, you know, it's just amazing, uh, all the different countries. If I, I got it right here, I just was going to, I was just going to share it with you just for a second, because it, it's really, it's really nothing short of remarkable. Of course, we get our most views from the United States and, and Canada. Uh, we've had over 100 different visits to, from South Africa. 42 from China, 34 from India, 36, I mean, 32 from Germany, the United Kingdom, Ireland, Switzerland, uh, the Philippines, Kenya, Australia, France, Nigeria, Ghana, Puerto Rico, the Netherlands, Singapore, Brazil, Congo, uh, Romania, Russia, uh, United Arab Emirates, four. Uh, Mexico, Namibia, uh, Sweden, Trinidad, Tobago, Uganda, uh, Austria, Italy, Malaysia, Bahamas, Switzerland, Zambia, and even Zimbabwe. Now, now, don't you find that remarkable? And what the Holy Spirit told me, he says, I've given you the nations. You know, so it's, uh, it's, really, it's really nothing short of remarkable. But we, you know, if you have something good in this day and age... People will find you. And we have something good. We got Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit. You know, and, and uh, last week, uh, in the few minutes that Dave had, uh, he spoke about the Holy Spirit and he started this new uh, 
When I listened to one of his devotionals, we've been with, uh, uh, with uh, Steve Hackett's help. We've been doing an awesome job with new, new videos, and, and he's got his drone. I don't know if you looked at our Facebook recently, but the video that, that has the drone flying above the, uh, the building, and it sees all of the whole property, and it's really, that's kind of an awesome thing. But uh, as I listened to Pastor Dave's devotional the other day, he was talking about being led by the Spirit and how, how to hear the voice of God. And uh, so when he asked me to help continue him uh, this series on the, the Holy Spirit by speaking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I've had a little experience in that since I've been, I wrote a book on it, and uh, I have, I've been teaching that to our Master's Commission students for the last 17 years. Um, but I want to talk to you today, if you put my, that slide up for me, uh, Zach, I want to talk to you today about how to walk in the gifts of the Spirit. The more, I want to talk to you about not so much about what they are, but how to do it. I think in the, you know, we've all, you know, you can read a book and you say, oh, you know, okay, that's information and uh, that's good to know. But how can we walk through our lives being led by the Spirit? And as we walk out this life that He has, how do we have His gifts flow through us uh, every day in our life? And I think that's a, that's a tremendous concept. I mean, we, we get caught up sometimes and we think, well, you know, it's for the church or tongues and interpretation or gift or word of prophecy or something like that or, or you know, words of knowledge. But let me tell you, it's so much more than that. It's every day. And I want to I encourage you and I want to challenge you today about how about you determine before you leave this room today or listen to us online that you're going to walk in the gifts of the Spirit. Walk, walking in the Spirit is, is an awesome thing, but in the realm of the Spirit and the supernatural things of God, because that's what we're talking about, the supernatural things of God. It's how to walk in those supernatural attitude every day. I, I was asked uh, on Friday to... Uh, uh, my son-in-law Ryan has a, 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 a business, and and uh, he he asked me to speak to his employees uh, on a conference call on Friday morning. And before they start their conference call, he teaches them on healing or some other scriptural thing or something from the Bible. And he asked Connie last week, and he asked me this week. And I said, you know, the thing that drew me, I said a little bit of my testimony is that I was raised in a Methodist church. I was raised in church. I was raised around church. I sang in the choir. I went to, you know, I, I was one of the altar boys and lit the candles and all that kind of nonsense. But I never really heard about relationship. And beyond that, I never knew that God was supernatural. And yet when I saw the supernatural, I was, you know, there's a lot of people in this world right now say that they're spiritual. They're just not religious. You, been, you hear that one? Okay, you're spiritual, but you're not religious because they've been turned off by church or they think they should be turned off by church. And, uh, but that was me. I knew there was something more and I was looking for it in the occult and I, I literally have said this before, but I did see, as God is my witness, a woman levitated off the ground about three or four inches one day. It wasn't a magic trick or anything else. And, and, and as I saw that, something went cold inside of me and I said, that is pure evil. And what I, what I knew after that was, well, wait a minute. If that's real, and it is, and evil has a name, and its name is Satan, then if Satan exists, I read the last page in the book, God wins. There is a God, and he, he's already won. The outcome has already been determined, just like this election has already been determined. And you be sure you vote your conscience and you vote the Bible. And if you're voting for anybody who does, who stands for abortion, you're on the voting for the wrong person. On that issue alone, it's, it's immoral to vote for somebody who stands for, for abortion and would let uh, a child die even up to the moment of, of birth. Disgusting. Anyway, um, when, when, uh, when I discovered that, and I, then I found out, well, wait a minute. I started reading the Bible again, and in the book of Acts, I discovered God was supernatural. I said, well, why are we doing that? How come we stop? Oh, well, it stopped when the early church, when the apostles died, because we didn't need it anymore. Really? You mean God changed? I heard this morning a few minutes ago that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He didn't change. 
And do you think the needs in this world have changed at all? They're even more difficult than they were in Jesus' day. I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of John, chapter 14. He's going to put that up there for you. And, and start with verse 11. Jesus told his disciples this. He said, believe me that I'm in the Father and that the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe me because of my works, because of the works that I do. I told that group on the phone the other day, I said, you know what, when, when, um, when God does something dramatic like heal the sick instantaneously, it's to show something about, it's to show people that the Jesus I'm telling you about is real. And this is what Jesus himself is saying. Believe me, or at least believe the works, because who, who in the world could possibly imagine speaking any combination of words over a deaf person and having it make any difference? He says, I, I tell you, the one who believes in me, anybody in here a believer in Jesus Christ this morning? Well, this is your inheritance. He will do the works that I do. And he will do what? Even greater works than these shall he do because I'm going to the Father. I'm leaving here, but I'm going to let you do what I did. In fact, you're even going to do more. Then he says, whatever you ask in my name, I'll do so that I, in my, the Father can be glorified through the Son. And, and then he says, if you'll ask anything in my name, I will do it. And then he says, if you love me, you'll keep my command. You'll keep my word. And I will ask the Father. Here it comes. And he will give you another counselor, another comforter, uh, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, to be the helper, to be with you. How long? And he is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you know him. I know him, and you do too, because he remains with you, and what? He'll be in you. Isn't that what Dave said? I'm not going to leave you like orphans. I will come to you. And he's coming to us, and he came to us by the Holy Spirit. So he told his disciples that he was leaving, but I'm not going to leave you powerless. He told them, in fact, everything you've seen me do, you're going to do. And even greater things than that. But always understand this. That would, be, that would be an impossibility for that to happen if Jesus did everything he did as God. Remember what Pastor Dave said to us last week? Always remember this. I've reinforced this a thousand times. I'm going to say it again. The works that Jesus did, he never did as God. He was always God. He never stopped being God. He laid aside his glory, but he didn't lay aside his divinity. He came to earth as the God-man, but the works that he did, he did as a man who was filled with the Spirit of God. Because that's an important distinction, because you know what? You, you and you are spirit beings filled with the Spirit of God. Because you asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart. And every one of us, that's true. And if Jesus said that, he meant it. He's not a liar. So what are we supposed to do? The works he did. And even greater works. Okay. He didn't do the works or the miracles as God. He did them as, as a man filled with the Spirit of God. And that includes the compassion and the mercy and the grace and the love that he's poured out upon it. And, and the supernatural miracles all flowed through him because he was filled with a third person of the Trinity, that is the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit lived big in him. And, and, and that's why in, in 1 John 4, 17, we have these words that John wrote to us. He says, as he is in this world, so are we. As, G, as, we are, as Jesus was in this world, so are we. Not because we're little G's, little gods, but we are people filled with the Spirit of God. So as he is, as he was, so are we. Because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of each of us. One of my problems is when I got filled with the spirit of God, everything in me changed. Besides marrying my wife and getting born again, the number one 
defining moment in my life was the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Everything changed that day and has never been the same. But let me tell you something. One of my, one of my complaints with sometimes with the Assemblies of God has been is that we act like that's the be-all and end-all experience. Oh, we got filled with the Holy Spirit and we spoke in tongues. Hallelujah. And, and then we can check that box and we go on to heaven. We didn't arrive when we got filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, you're not a second-class citizen. But all I want to tell you is that there's a whole lot more. A whole lot more. I want you to think of it this way. There is a door... And on the other side of the door is the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's supernatural. It's beautiful. It's, it's, got, it's, filled with, it's filled with treasures and great and precious promises. And when you're born again, you receive the key that you can put into the door. And it opens the door to the kingdom of heaven. And the key is the Holy Spirit. Your spirit's born again. You've opened the door, and there it stands, all of, all of heaven, all of these treasures, all of these tremendous promises and, and just supernatural, unbelievable things. And not just eternal life, but so much more. And it stands there in a great vista in front of us. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is what gives you the power to take the step into the kingdom of heaven and walk through it in power. Power to live a victorious, overcoming life. Power to walk in the, the fruit of the Spirit and power to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is to me the entry point into which everything else rests. Okay. Thank God I'm saved. Thank God I have the Holy Spirit. Thank God I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. But what have you done with it? There's so much more. I want to teach you today how to walk in the gifts of the Spirit. And so I want to, I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles if you brought them. I know we'll put them up on the screen, but it's good sometimes to read it along with me. And I'm going to use the, uh, the King James only because I'm going to paraphrase it, but I, I want because it, it has some points that I want to bring out to you. So if you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. And Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, and the Corinthian church is an awesome church. They're a very spiritual church. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. They're excited. They're, they're just all speaking in tongues at the same time. It's just a, a, you know, they're having revival, but he's trying to teach them a few things. He says, so, uh, so I want to teach you, brothers, about the gifts of the Spirit, about spiritual gifts. I don't want you to be ignorant about it, okay? You know that you were pagans or Gentiles. You were carried away by, you worshiped dumb idols, and, 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 and that's how you were led, Therefore, he says, I came to you. He went to Corinth and he taught them. He stayed there for a number of years. That no one speaking by the Spirit of God can call Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The only way that you can say Jesus is Lord is because the Holy Spirit has drawn you. And when you come to him, he comes into you. And, and now you can say, Jesus is the Lord of my life. So he's given us a, a way to tell. And then he begins to talk about these gifts. He says, now there are different gifts gifts. He's going to go into it. There's a, 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 a list of nine of them. But it's the same spirit that operates in every one of those gifts. That's what he's saying. And then he says there's, there's different ministries, okay? But it's the same Lord. And there are different activities or manifestations, but it's the same God who works all in all. So if you notice, there's a transition. It goes from spirit, Lord, to God, and he saw his Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All three are working in each one of these gifts. Okay? And then he says, but the manifestation, the way the Holy Spirit works in each of us, is given to each of us so that the whole body can profit from it. So I want you to understand this. Every one of you, take your hand and put it on top of your head. Okay? Uh, say this, I have a gift. 
of the Holy Spirit. It's mine. And I want to use it. Amen. The Holy Spirit said you have a gift. You just said it. Did you believe it? Did you believe it? You have a gift. He says, for to uh, one of you, multiple ones of you, have been given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. And I'm not going to take a long time to go through all this. i got too much I want to say. But let me just tell you, I'm going to give you just a, the uh, Kim Snyder version of the, the, uh, just the meanings of the definition of this. A word of wisdom is what would Jesus do in this any given situation or problem or circumstance that you might come up with. You need wisdom that's beyond your own ability. What would God do? Okay. To another, the word of knowledge to the same spirit. A word of knowledge is just, the, is just that. It's a, it's a download from heaven of a piece of information about a person or a place or a thing or a situation, a circumstance. This morning we, you know, we, we heard about words of knowledge about uh, you know, healing, but there are other words of knowledge. It could be about scripture, it could be about anything. Words of knowledge, information from heaven. Okay? To another, faith. This is not faith for salvation, or this is not normal faith. This is super, every one of these gifts are supernatural. And so there's a gift of supernatural faith that I know 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 that that is going to happen. God told me. I know it. That's the gift of faith. That's supernatural faith. To another, gifts of healing. That's the only one that's plural. Some people, like my friend Joel Hitchcock, seem to have a propensity to be able to pray for a deaf people, and I've never seen him pray for a deaf person that wasn't healed. But I've seen him pray for other things that hasn't happened. Some people have the gift of healing for hearts or, or limbs or legs or arms or whatever. That's what he's talking about. Just like you go to ear, nose, and eye and throat doctor. Well, there are different people that have different gifts. Anybody can pray. For, every one of us can pray for the sick and expect God to do it. But some people have a, have a supernatural anointing to pray for sick people and it, they get well. To another, the working of a miracle. Somebody who gets well instantaneously would be a miracle. But not every miracle is healing. Jesus walked on water. Jesus broke bread and fed 5,000 people. Those are miracles. To another, the gift of prophecy. We heard prophecy in here this morning. It is speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Not I am using my voice and vocal cords, but it's, it's God's words that are speaking through me. To another, the, the discerning of spirits. There are three spirits at work in the world. The Holy Spirit, the demonic spirit, and the human spirit. It, it, that gift tells us what spirit is working in any situation. To another, the different kinds of tongues. The tongues that you get at, at the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not, is not the gift of tongues. It is the ability to speak in tongues. It's a prayer language, but the gift of tongues is given for public demonstration, for a public meeting. So we didn't have that this morning. We've had it. I'm using that gift many times. But, but that gift needs to be interpreted, and the interpretation of tongues is a gift, a supernatural gift to be able to, to hear. You know, Pastor Jim has used that way. That someone gives a tongue, another person gives the interpretation of it. It's a supernatural gifting. But he says now, all these, it's just in every one of these gifts, the same spirit is working. And he is distributing as he wills. As he wills. For as the body is one, has many members, the members of that one body being many are one. So all, in other words, we're still part of the same body. And we're going to talk about this more later, so I won't take any more time. And so, okay, we're going to stop there. So these are the indispensable nine supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. There are other giftings and abilities and talents like hospitality and helps and teaching and so forth. But these are the ones that we call the gifts of the Spirit that I'm talking about this morning. They're given to his body in order that we can fulfill his mandate to do what? Do greater works, all right? so that we can be, be victorious over every work of the enemy, to walk through this life in victory and not defeat, and, and to help reach out and with the hands of Jesus to a hurting world with compassion and mercy and grace and power, and, and, to, and to walk like Jesus walked. As he is, so are we in this world. Now, Jesus manifested every gift. Because it said of him, in him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. 
The Apostle Paul, if you go through the book of Acts, you'll see the Apostle Paul was using every gift at one time or another. But that's not the case for the most part, in every person. But I do believe it is possible to live a life of commitment and, and consecration to God where all these gifts can be manifested at any, you know, any particular time. But most of us aren't in that place. So I want to show you what God's design is and will for you and me who haven't quite climbed to the top of the mountain yet. But can I tell you something? I, I don't know if you've read Romans 8 recently. It's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. But it says in Romans 8 that all of creation is groaning in earnest expectation that the sons of God are going to be displayed in this earth. Now get that. Even creation is waiting for you and me to display and to manifest, to, to, to do what God has called us to do in this earth. It's waiting for us. Think of that. Even this planet that God made is waiting to see the manifestation of the sons of God in this earth. Wow. God wants us to do what he told us to do. God has a plan for this world, and part of the plan is for you and me to be Jesus on this world, in this world, to this world. And Jesus told us we could do it once we had received the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you three quick stories. Now, she's not in here, but these are Connie stories. How many know that my wife is one of those people? But let me tell you something. I think God is looking for a whole lot more people like that. One, one day, we were building a new house. And um, Connie was driving down the street. And she heard the Holy Spirit speak to her and say, go to the house you're building. And if you go there and tell someone there about Jesus, I'll do the same for your brother Gary. I'll send someone to Gary. Now, she's got uh, four brothers and sisters, and at that time, none of them were living for the Lord. So she says, okay. So she drives up to the building site, and there's four guys working out there. And she said, you know, I really wasn't worried about who I was going to walk up to because the Holy Spirit was leading me and guiding me and directing me, and I was walking in the Spirit. So the first person I walked up to, I knew was the right person. And I walked up to him, and I said, do you know Jesus? Now, doesn't that sound like my wife? Doesn't sound like me, but I'm ashamed to say that maybe. She walks up to him and says, do you know Jesus? And he says, no, I don't, but that guy up on the ladder does, and he's my boss. <laughs> so she walks over to the ladder and says, God sent me here to speak to him about Jesus. Is that okay? She, he said, take all the time you want. I've been talking to him about it for years. She walks up to him. She starts talking to him about Jesus. Guess what? He got saved. Guess what? Her brother's saved. Okay. Another time, we were getting ready to build a new church. We'd been in a little rented building, and the church was exploding, and we were, we were in a room that seated about 40 people, and we had over 100 and some in there. And it was just, you know, so it was crazy. And the ceiling was so low that when I stood on the platform, which is only a two-by-four high, I would hit my hands on the ceiling. You know, so it was, uh, it was, we were in need of a church. And uh, the district had told us we could only build in the town where we were. And the town we were is called Hinkley, Ohio. Hinkley is where the buzzards go to die. No, I'm not. No, not really. But every, you know, you know how in Capistrano, they, every, every March or whatever it is, the swallows come back to Capistrano? Well, every March 15th, on the Ides of March, if you know anything about Shakespeare and, and Caesar, on the Ides of March, all the buzzards return to Hinckley. So, 
you know, wasn't exactly, it wasn't eagles, it was buzzards, you know. So I, anyway, but that's where God had us. And so we had planted a little church there and, and, and it was really exploding. And so we were looking for a piece of property and I just couldn't find, if I could find, you know, places in the, in the 50-year flood plain and, you know, I couldn't find any place that was any good. And so she's driving down the street and uh, uh, as she's driving, she, uh, she's, the Holy Spirit says, buy that piece of land. That's where you're supposed to put the church. And so she calls me up, and she says, uh, we didn't have cell phones back then. It was like 1990, you know. So, and, and she says, um, the Holy Spirit told me where we're supposed to build the church. And I said, where? And she told me, well, it's on 130th Street, and 130th Street is the dividing line. On the right side is Hinkley. On the left side is Brunswick, Ohio, Okay. And uh, there was already another church plant in Brunswick, Ohio. And so the district had already told me unequivocally we couldn't build in Brunswick, Ohio. And she says, I told her that. I said, no, she told me where. And I said, no, no, we, that's Brunswick. We can't build there. I already know about that piece of land, and we can't build there. She said, did you ask the Lord? She said, he told me that's ours. I said, okay. So I called the district. Guess what? We built a church there. And it's still there. So. The church there exploded so, as well. And so we started running the Methodist church across the street on Wednesday nights for our Wednesday night classes. And so she had been across the street uh, doing children's ministry. And uh, she walked back into our building. And as she walked into our building that night, that Wednesday night, there was a couple standing in the lobby. She'd never met them before. And she was just, she said, I was about to walk past them. And she said, I got about four steps past them. And the Holy Spirit says, give them a word. So she turns around, walks back to them, and says, the Holy Spirit said, he has already met all your needs. Don't worry, it's going to be okay. And they broke down crying. Because what she didn't know was they had just lost their home and were going to be kicked out the next day and didn't know where they were going to go. But after she told them that, they had peace. They went home and slept. And the next morning, God arranged for them another place. Their anxiety left. The peace of God came because of a word of knowledge. All three of those were words of knowledge. Now, she's also used the gift of prophecy. I, I'm used more, like you heard me this morning, gifts, words of knowledge that, that have to do with healing. Or So I, I've, I've been used in prophecy, tongues, interpretation. I, I, I have prayed for years and years and years for the gift of healing, and I know I operate in that. But you see, each one of us has a different gifting. I could relate to you an hour right now. We should write a book. How many times God has spoken to us and used us. But you see... Many times we were used, we were used way before we ever went into the ministry. God has, has, has you see, the gifts of the Spirit aren't just for pastors or evangelists or super saints or, you know, uh, we, you, we were walking this way before we were called into the ministry. In fact, I know that if we had not been obedient in the use of these gifts before we went into the ministry, we would never have been called to the ministry. I do not believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are meant just for to be used inside these four walls. In fact, I will tell you today that I am convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that more could be done by the Holy Spirit in the marketplace than is done in the church on Sunday morning. Because he wants us to be witnesses for him in power. Okay? When the early church was told they couldn't preach anymore in the name of Jesus, you know what they asked for? More boldness. I dare say there's not anybody in this room as bold as my wife. But we should be. In the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 28, is a verse I, I mentioned a moment ago. It says, for in him we live and move and have our being. In him we live. In him we move. And in him we have our being. You see... The gifts of the Holy Spirit are supernatural manifestations in each of us that are, 
we, we are helped to live this life of victory and to be powerful witness. But you see, those gifts flow out of what? Relationship. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord, you can't be used. Oh, maybe you could be, but, but if you haven't spent time with Jesus in prayer and in the word and, and, and in worship and quietness and, and rest, you're not going to hear him when he speaks because I want to tell you something. God is not short of things to say. He speaks, and he's speaking all the time. Maybe not audibly, although he has done that, but, but in that still, small, small voice, that, that knowing inside of you, and, and you know, you're driving along, not paying any attention to, to God hardly at all, and suddenly you hear a voice that says, go to the building site, and I got somebody there that needs to know Jesus. Why, how can you do that? Because you're in tune with the Spirit. If you're not in tune with the Spirit, you won't hear him when he talks, we aren't listening half the time. You know, men, I'm going to speak to you. You know when your wife tells you to take out the garbage and you're not really listening? And you know you heard some noise, but it was kind of like, you know, and you didn't, you know, you didn't really pay any attention to it. Every woman in this room knows what I'm talking about. That's how so much of the body of Christ is with the Holy Spirit. He wants to speak to us. But you see, if you really cared about the relationship, that when the Spirit of God spoke to you, you would know it. It wouldn't just be noise. And the other thing I want to talk to us about is while we're talking about walking in the gifts of the Spirit, how many of us are expecting to hear or expecting to be used by the Spirit of God? You get out of life what you expect. I expect the Spirit of God to move through me and not just here on Sunday morning. Do you? Do you? And the next thing, see, there's really three things. There's relationship, there's expectation, and then there's obedience. If he speaks and you hear it, what are you going to do with it? When he tells you to go to the building site and, and tell somebody about Jesus, will you do it? Will you do it? Because what is the point of telling you to do something or telling you about something if you're not going to do anything with it? You've got to be willing to be willing to be used by God, even if it costs you. You know, sometimes some people, when they're, when they're first challenged by God to be used maybe in tongues or interpretation, I'm not going to be done for another 10 minutes anyway, guys, so if you're going... but. Um, just helping them. So, you know, the first time you're maybe maybe you've never been using the tongues or prophecy or interpretation in the church, but maybe some of you have. You know what I'm talking about. The first time you're used, it's like your heart's pounding out of your chest. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and it's and it's uh, they're afraid. There's there's a fear factor. We're afraid of being wrong, or what if it's, you know, is this me? Is this you? I don't know, Lord. What am I going to do with that? I had a guy who was in my church one time, and, and, and he, he was, that's where he was. He knew he was hearing from God, and he would write it all down. He said, I got it all down, but, but you know, I, I just couldn't do it. And he'd come up to me, and then a, the, the, the prophecy would come forth, or the interpretation would come forth, and he'd say, I had it. I, here, everything he said, I already wrote down. I said, well, then why didn't you give it? I was afraid. The problem was, after, we, after he finally got over that fear factor, we couldn't shut him up. There's a right time and a wrong time to use that, you know, being on when to use it and how to use it is, is another thing entirely. But it's like Elijah found. Sometimes we don't get all that. All we get is like a whisper. Elijah found it wasn't in the earthquake. It wasn't in the fire. It wasn't in the storm. It was a still small voice of God saying, walk this way, do this, go to that person, go to this person. 
you know, and, and, and but, it, but will you be obedient is the question. I have a lot of my own stories, but I like to use my wife. So here's another one. Because I've said so many of mine. But her brother John was getting married, and he was marrying a Catholic girl. And this was high mass, baby. This was over an hour and 20 minutes of Latin and English and, you know, bowing to different saints and Mary and the whole nine yards. And uh, so it was a big deal. It was a big church in Annapolis, Maryland. And, and um, anyway, the, uh, about uh, halfway through the service, something odd happened. A young couple came out with a guitar and they sang a song sang a couple songs. And as they were singing, I felt the presence of the Lord. And then I felt the presence of Connie. And I kind of went to one of these, and I could sense she's got a word. I thought, oh, no. She's going to prophesy in this Catholic wedding. And we're probably the only charismatics in the place. And I stood there with trepidation. Fear struck me. But the moment passed, and she didn't say anything, and I went, oh, thank God. A few years later, in fact, in 2005, well, when we came out of the service, I have to finish the story, we came out of the service that young couple made a beeline towards her. And we discovered that they were spirit-filled. And They said, I knew there was something different about you. Isn't that interesting? And she told me later, she said, I had a word, but I wasn't going to give it. You know, it wasn't the right time. But, but the Lord was testing me. Okay, I said, good, glad you could pass the test. In 2005, we went to Springfield, Missouri to a Signs and Wonders conference, put on by Thomas Trask and uh, all the officials that we were in Springfield, Missouri at the big central assembly, and, and uh, we were sitting up in the balcony, and on the stage is Pat Robertson, Frida Lindsay, um, and uh, Benny Hinn. Uh, he had joined the Assemblies of God at that particular time, and Del Tarr, who was the head, who had been a missionary, who was the head of our seminary, was speaking, and while he was speaking... My wife, who had her shoes off, suddenly put her shoes on, and she just kind of floated. We were on the front row of the balcony, across the balcony, and I'm watching her going down the stairs. And the stairs in Central Assembly are inside the sanctuary, so you come down there. I thought, well, maybe she's going to the bathroom, but I knew in my heart of hearts that wasn't where she was going. And so she comes, next thing I see, she's, she stopped at Thomas Trask, and she's whispering in his ear. He's the general superintendent of the Assemblies of God. He'd been, he'd spoken in this church. We know him. And anyway, um, and the next thing I know, she's wandering over to where Del, Del Tar is speaking, and he gives her the microphone, and she prophesies. There's 25, 3,000 people, 2,500, 3,000 people in the room. She's done. She puts it back down, and, and they, they talked about it for a moment, and you know, it, was, it was really good. It was really powerful. Pat Robertson gets up to speak, and he says, that was the most powerful thing I've ever heard. He says, and in fact, it's my sermon. And so I asked her about it, and she said, well, the Holy Spirit told me. She's, he said, I have a word for you. I tested you at your brother's wedding. Will you obey me today? She said, yes, Lord. So she went down there and gave it. And it was the Lord. But you see, she'd been used enough that she knew the voice of God when he was speaking to her. She one time asked, because she's done it a number of times in district meetings and other times, she'll be the only one. She said, Lord, why am I the only one who's speaking? You know what the Lord told her? Because you're the only one that would dare to ask. Because if you don't do it, no one will. See, and I think God is trying to speak to some of us. In your family, in your circumstances, in your situation, you may be the only one who could do that. The question is, will you? Will you want to hear from the Lord? 
will you be obedient when he, when he speaks to you? 1 Corinthians 12, 31, I'm nearly done. You guys can come on. It says to earnestly desire, and, the, and the, that's the New King James Version. I hate that version. The King James Version says to covet spiritual, the best gifts. Covet. We're told not to covet your, your brother's you know, stuff and things and wife and the rest of it, you know, but we're here, we're told to covet. That means earnestly desire spiritual gifts. You will never be used this way in the gifts of the Spirit of God if you don't want to. You've got to earnestly desire it. Desire spiritual gifts. Expect God to use you. And as he speaks to you, you must, must obey. And let me tell you something. Sometimes, you know, you, I can tell you one way I know when it's God is because it's the most ridiculous thing. I would never have thought of that in a hundred years. And that's exactly right. That's why God said, do it. You can pretty much depend that that is God. It wasn't even on my mind. I certainly would never think of that. Exactly. Exactly. If you can think of it, why would God tell you to do it? See, the, the bigger problem is so many people are afraid of making a mistake. Look, we'll love you anyway. And unless you tell us to go follow Buddha, you probably won't get a rebuke about it. But if you miss it, learn from it and be teachable. Because if you're not teachable, that's a different problem. But sometimes you have to be... You know, how many times have I prayed for people and not seen them healed? I could just stop and say, well, it must not be God. No, I know it's God. I know what his word says. And I'm going to pray until it happens. And you know what? And I'm going to test. I'm, I'm going to move out by faith in the, in the things of the spirit of God. I'm going to walk in the spirit, try to be led by the spirit. And if I miss it, I want to miss it falling forward. I asked God over and over and over again for the gift of healing because I saw so many hurting people. And he's used me over and over and over again in that. You must understand these gifts aren't, aren't from human wisdom or human ability. They're, they're supernatural gifts of God. Here's where the, but, but it falls down to this. This is where the rubber hits the road. Do you want to be used in the gifts of the Spirit or not? Do you want to walk in the Spirit? Do you want to be led by the Spirit? Do you want to hear the voice of the Spirit? Then you have to be willing to say, yes, Lord, I want to be used. I want to hear your voice. And, and Lord, I don't just want to hear your voice. You know, when he's speaking just to me, great. But Lord, is there someone that you want me to go to today? Is there a need around me or in my life or in my family or, you know, somebody that I know? I'm going to go see Barbara tomorrow. I just got her, finally got her information. And I'm going to walk in that hospital room and she's had a massive stroke. And I know some of you know her. She sits up there. She has to watch her mother, an elderly mother. And she sits up there behind uh, uh, Ted and, and Jeanette Potts. And she's Marie Bell's sister. Barbara Spinks, and she leaves, comes late, leaves early because she has to watch her mother. But when I walk in that hospital room, I'm walking in under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I expect God to raise you up in Jesus' name. And it's not, as I said, not just for pastors. Quickly, chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians says it this way. He said, look, I'm just going to paraphrase it for you. Some of you are eyes and some of you are elbows. Some of you are big toes and some of you are knees. There's a few butts in the kingdom of God too, but just saying. But some of you each have different gifts. God places us in the body to function. When you're not walking in your gift, the body of Christ is missing something. You know how hard it is to walk without a big toe? Without opposable thumbs, you can't pick anything up. Some of you are thumbs. Do you understand me? And here's how it grows. Say, well, maybe the first thing, I, I, I'm using the gift of prophecy. That's one of the easier ones, or tongues. How will we know if you're wrong? <laughs> you know. But you grow. And you say, Lord, I want more. I believe it's possible for all of us to walk in all nine gifts at any given time. And finally, sandwiched between chapter 12 and chapter 14 about the gifts of the Spirit is chapter 13. It's called the love chapter. We use it for weddings. 
But this is what it says. If I speak the languages of men and angels and don't have love, I'm just noise. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith that I can move mountains, but I don't have love, I don't have anything. The gifts operate in love because God so loved the world that he gave his son and he gave his spirit to reach out in love and compassion and mercy to those that are hurting in this world. It's to help you to walk in victory, but it's also to help others. And I want to challenge you today as we close. Will you ask God to use you? Will you expect him to use you? Will you walk in the spirit? And will you obey him when he calls? I would like everyone just to bow their heads with me this morning. This is the challenge. And while your every head is bowed, every eye closed, if you're watching online or in this room and you, you're in the need to get right with God, why don't you say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all my, my, my past and my, my mistakes and make me new. And I confess that you are the Lord of my life. If you're sincere about that, he'll come in and he'll put his spirit in you. And that'll be the key that unlocks the door to the mysteries of God. For everyone else that's in this room, if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit already, you have the key. Have you walked through the door into the realm of the power of God, into the mysteries of God, into the supernatural of God? I challenge you again. Will you ask to hear his voice? Will you expect him to speak to you? Will you be used? Holy Spirit, speak to every person in this room. Lord, let us make a commitment to you to say, Lord, this week, I want to I wanna tell somebody what you tell me to tell them. Maybe you only have a word. You know, this, this guy that I was talking about who used to get all these prophecies, he would have the whole thing written out. But you know what happens after a while? You don't get the whole thing. You get three sentences. Then you get one sentence. Then you get one word. But the difference is now you know his voice. All you've got to do is open your mouth and God will fill it. All you've got to do is obey and God will use you. You don't know what to say, that's good because the Holy Spirit knows exactly what to say. And he'll say it through you if you're willing to use it. Father, I pray for every person in this room today. I pray that you'll give them insight into the mysteries of God, that they'll be used by the Spirit of God. You'll speak to them clearly. They'll hear your voice and they will obey. And Lord, as they, as they lay hands upon the sick, they shall recover. They'll speak with new tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. Lord, they'll walk in the divine mysteries of God and the power of God. They'll walk in victory and not defeat. They are your children and heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ to every promise you have made. Father, they are your hands extended to a hurting world. Father, bless them today. Use them. Fill them with your spirit. In Jesus' name, stand to your feet. All the redeemed of the Lord say amen. Say, I receive it. You have a gift. You have multiple gifts. It's time to use it, says the Lord. Amen.